Welcome back to another episode of the Jewish Moves Podcast. This week's episode is with Moshe Kinderer. He's the co-founder and co-publisher of the Jewish Link, a weekly Jewish newspaper that links northern and central New Jersey, the Bronx, Manhattan, Westchester, and Connecticut. Moshe, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, welcome, Akiva. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, I just want to say, um, just a quick, quick shout out to the Kraft family. Okay, I don't, oh, wow. I don't know if Akiva even was aware of this, but the Kras have been in and out of the Jewish link. Uh, your, you and your family have been in and out of the link for the for a number of years, and I believe it's you or your brother. I think it's your brother that is responsible single handedly, solely uh, for our the weather, our weather. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And I want you to know something. I just want to share this with you: is that we had, and you should tell your parents this, we had heated debates internally about whether or not does the Jewish link really need to have a weather such, okay? But I want you to know that it was the earnestness, it was the sweetness of the tone of your brother regarding the, the weather section that we, that we decided, you know what, it's not a bad thing. Uh, we'll, we'll, what's it called? We'll put it on. So we'll, we'll put it in and, and we, we, we sometimes will take it out, but uh, you know, we will, uh, you know, just, just saying it's because specifically because of your family that the Jewish link has a weather section. But I will say on this, on that side of the debate, I was not the, necessarily so positive. I didn't think the Jewish link needed one because the people, people don't, people don't read the reader. My wife actually just walked into the studio and she's saying, and by the way, my wife is also our office manager. And she basically said that she loves it. So, the Kras have a special place in the heart of the Jewish Link editorial and production sure. staff. Uh, and I want you to know that that's why one of the reasons why I said yes so quickly is because uh, because you guys, because I know I know that I'm talking to someone who is, uh, I, by the way, I'm not questioning Akiva. I don't know if you read the paper cover to cover. I could test you on it if you want. Sure. Um, but uh, I know that your family is, is our Jewish Link uh, fans and Jewish Link readers. Wow. Um, I guess that we'll start from the beginning, which is, uh, was journalism or running a newspaper a passion of yours growing up? You ask a very good question. People often ask me that question, and I have a bunch of different answers for that. So here's what I'll tell you. I was always a paper guy, okay? I loved reading papers. Um, on Shabbos, whatever, I read everything. I mean, literally everything. Jewish Press, Jewish Week, Newsday, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, okay? These, some of these papers don't even exist anymore. Uh, in college, I went to Yeshiva University. I was the, the editor-in-chief of the, of the commentator. Uh, so for a lot of people who know me from my Yeshiva college days, uh, I, I'm still in the same business. So the answer is yes. Uh, I've always been into papers. However, it's a big difference being editor-in-chief of an undergraduate college newspaper and running a paper like the Jewish Link. Uh, however... Uh, the answer is yes. I, I did have a dream of the paper, by the way, is nine and a half years old. Uh, thank God we'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary in March of 2023. Uh, I had the idea for the paper about three to five years before. So I probably have been thinking about papers for a long, long time. Uh, but I was never I was never really in the field, per se, since I left college. I was a fundraiser, by the way, for most of my career. Uh, I was a, I was a, one of my jokes in the community was also I'm a retired rabbi. Um, I was I was a, Fifth Avenue a, synagogue, right? Uh, that's correct. You saw my bio, um, and I thought about becoming a you know a, like a rabbi outside of the outside of the tri-state area. So I thought about becoming a rabbi, and uh, let's just say Hashem gave me a few messages that he, I did not think that being a full-time rabbi was 
was for me. Um, and, and, you know, we can talk about some of the influences I've had, but uh, I think I've answered your question. So Yeah, it was, uh, it's a good answer. And uh, moving along, after having served as the assistant rabbi at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue and trying to have a fixmy.com empire and fundraising for YU for 18 years, what did inspire you to start the Jewish Link in 2013? <laughs> You'll laugh. Um, on a fundamental level, I, I lived in Teaneck since March, since uh, 2002. And I just felt, I, go, I told you, I'm a paper guy. I felt that our community, the Orthodox community in North Jersey, needed its own paper. I, I really did. And I'm just like, I felt it to my core. Um, and by the way, when I told people my idea, I was laughed at. They thought I was crazy. Okay. And people said, who starts a print paper? In in, this was 2013. Like, uh -huh. who starts a print paper today? And like, oh, they said, oh, we have a Jewish paper. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to say anything bad about any competitors, but like, I just felt the paper was not serving our community. And by the way, you should know my proof that the paper, and I tell people this all the time, the proof that the paper would work was the five towns. I know the Teaneck, North Jersey does not like to be compared to the five towns, but I saw in the five towns, they had not one, not two, but three free weekly papers serving the Orthodox community. And I said to myself, if the five towns can support three free weekly papers, I know our area can support one. So on that level, I just I felt I just felt it would work. I uh, I felt it would succeed. And um, you know, by the way, and, and, and anyone who told me that it wouldn't, I I just I didn't listen to them. You know, you know, I, I guess like any entrepreneur, you know, you you kind of like, uh, you know, I, I just I was locked in. I was zoned. In. I said, I you're going to be negative to my idea. I, I family members were negative to me. And I said, I know it's going to work. You know, I just had like, I just, I just knew that God was watching over me or I just knew I, my idea was a solid one and I was going to do everything and anything to make it happen. Uh, and, and, and thank God we started in, in March, in March, 2013 I, on a personal side. I also was, I've been in my career for about 18 years as a, on the fundraising side and I needed to make a change. Uh, I was at Yeshiva university at the time. And, you know, when you're at Yeshiva university and I was, you know, fairly senior. And I was reporting to the head, the head guy there. And, and I realized like, I did not want my boss's job. I did not want to be my boss. And I did also, but I also did not want to go to another smaller institution. You really can't in the Orthodox fundraising world, you really can't get much bigger than Yeshiva University. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to another stuff. I didn't want to go to another nonprofit. So I, at that moment in time, in 2013, 2014, I, I had this passion for a paper. On a personal side, I knew that my time as a full-time fundraiser was over because I just, I, 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 I'm not saying I reached the top of my profession, but I did not want to go further. I really felt like I had to make a change. Um, even though I still like fundraising, one of my jokes is that I do more fundraising now than I did even when I was a fundraiser, yeah. which, which is true. So on all those levels, uh, I... You know, I felt like we I felt like I was going to bring a paper uh, to North Jersey. We, if you recall, Akiva, I don't know if you remember, we started off as, as the Jewish link of Bergen County. Yeah. Uh, and then we first started. Uh, thank God we, you know, we really have grown and grown since then. And, and today we're the we're one of the largest uh, weekly papers serving the Orthodox community in the tri-state area, um, which I'm, I'm really proud of. And, and it's just exciting to see how much it's, it's growing. Thank God, but, I, but I'm, I'm I think I'm ready for your next question. The growth is very nice. Uh, and I guess continuing in the process, you know, so you mentioned the five town Jewish times from walking up and down Cedar Lane, showing that to people trying to get them to buy ads and uh, deciding what to include and where to print from. What were the steps you had to take to get the Jewish link running in its first edition of 52 pages? 
Oh, wow. Okay. So you've done a little research. Okay, good. Um, yeah, most people don't know how much the, how big the first edition was. Not bad. Good stuff, Akiva. Thank you. Uh, thorough. I like it. Okay. So the answer was, is you have to understand, I also had a job at the time. So it was really, really challenging. Um, also, at the beginning, I didn't have an editor. Uh, I did everything myself. I almost died uh, doing the first two editions. Just to get the first two editions done, it was basically during the day I would sell advertising and try to do my job. At night, I would do the editing. Um, I, I'll be straight with you. Uh, I think I was crazy. Uh, I really, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, actually, I mean, I, 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 I hate to say it. I think I was like a bit of a mishugna. Uh, there's no question. Uh, I, I, uh, um, I, I'll even I'll even share with you a famous there's a story which I wrote about the Jewish link about five, six years ago, just to show how crazy I was. Um, but um, I'll, I'll tell you the story, but it, it really it just required a very intense. I, I look back and now and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I, can't, I just can't believe I did this. I'll just tell you the quick story. Uh, we were we were about to come up with our, our first ever Sukkot edition. And by the way, if you know anything about papers, which I think you do, the Yom Tov editions are They're key. huge. Okay, they're my biggest. My Rosh Hashanah, Pesach, Sukkot, uh, Shavuos issues are my biggest issues by far. I'm uh, I'm sitting there on Yom Kippur. It's the it's the Ela time, and I'm feeling like uh, you know I'm, I'm getting a pain in my in my foot to the point where I couldn't even stand. I could barely stand during Shmona Esrei Meila, and I call up my doctor, uh, who I'm not going to mention, who, who's a good friend, and he says, "Come over to me on Motzi Yom Kippur." And he, I come over to him, and he says, "Mazel Tov, Moshe, you have gout." He prescribes for me, you know, certain medication which I'm supposed to take hourly for like 20 hours. Okay, so I take this medication hourly for the next 20 hours, but I'm not, you know, and I'm and at the time I'm working on we have to Arabs, uh, sorry, Motzi Yom Kippur is you have to go to print on the on the big Sukkot edition. Okay, and and it was my first ever. Sukkot edition. I, you know, I never, I never did this before. And again, I'm mostly doing it myself. I, about that time, I had one editor. I'm, I'm, I'm working on the, on the edition on my dining room table, and I'm not feeling well. Uh, I'm really just not feeling good, not well. And I, I tell my wife, and she, she calls the doctor, and I, the doctor goes through my history, and I told her I just got diagnosed with gout, and I took this medicine, like uh, I took like 30 pills of this medicine because the doctor told me to take it hourly, and uh, they, they tell me on the phone, sir. If you took as much medicine of this medicine as you took as you took of it, then you may have poisoned yourself by you may have poisoned yourself by accident, and uh, you need to go to the hospital immediately. So I said, absolutely not. I cannot go to the hospital immediately uh, because I have a sucker issue to go to. Okay, and and my family's like literally looking at me like like I'm a crazy person. I'm a, I'm trying to ignore them. They're like about to stage an intervention, so they they put poison control on the phone. And I, I call them and they say, put it on speaker and they say, sir, if you took this medicine, it's called colchicine. If you took this amount of medication, your organs are going to shut down, be start shutting down the next 36 to 48 hours. And I heard that line and I said, that is great news. OK, because that means I would have enough time to finish the circus issue before my organs shut down. When my family heard me give that answer, they really thought I completely lost it. So my justification for doing it is one, I have to get the issue out. But number two was, you know, I haven't died before, but uh, I didn't feel like I felt sick, but I didn't feel like I was dying. I didn't feel deathly ill. I'm also a bigger guy. So I thought maybe I could handle, you know, maybe, you know, I'm a broad guy. I'm, you know, I'm 260, 270. I'm big, you know, maybe I can handle this kind of medicine much, much better. Essentially, that's exactly what happened. Finally, we got a doctor to say, Moshe, you'll probably live through the next day or two. Um, and I promised my wife 
um, to this day, by the way, she thinks I'm crazy, uh, that I would go to the emergency room as soon of, as, of course, we sent the sukkah issue to print. And that's exactly what I did. And I was totally fine, thank God. But I say this story just to show you how uh, crazy, how mishugana you have to be sometimes. Uh, today, thank God I wouldn't need to do that. I have a staff. Uh, I have editors. I have, you know, I have a team, uh, but not in those early, not in that first year or so. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I guess maybe that's what you need to to build something. You need to be a little bit mishugana. You need to have that kind of, uh, you know, have to have that kind of. Like you know, I was forty years old. I'm now forty nine. Uh, you need to have that kind of strength, a koach. You know, thank God. I, I I still can't believe to this day. I still remember my family looking at me like I had completely lost it. You know, like I. And I was just, I was doing my best to ignore him and making sure I get the next draft or the next draft of the paper. And I just, thank God, by the way, it was, it was a good circus issue, which I remember. That's good. Yeah, it sounds pretty crazy. How did you, how did you publicize the paper in the beginning? You know, people knew about these uh, other towns and what they were doing, but how did you get it to everybody? So the answer is, is one of the nice things of coming out of the fundraising world is that I had a lot of lists, uh, Akiva. I, had, I owned a lot of lists. I owned almost every shoe list in New Jersey. Uh, I also owned. I had. I've been. I've been. I've been collecting lists of people for a long, long time. Our our initial home delivery list was about sixty five hundred, six thousand addresses, and people saw that it was. This is. But this is nine years ago. Instagram wasn't as big a thing. Facebook sort of was a big thing, uh, but it, you know you didn't need to 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 broad to be like on social media to get things. If people things really changed. I don't know, Kiva, if you remember, but things really changed in the last decade or so. So the answer was is I got it out there because I started delivering to people's houses. Um, people started to notice this, uh, and then of course I would you know. I, I I put in all the shuls. Uh, you know, by the way, there's a, there's a rule a rule of thumb in the industry that says it takes a paper about 12, 12 to 24 months to get started. You know, I want you to know, it, it took us a while, meaning, first of all, yeah, I don't know if you remember, Akiva, we did not start off as a weekly. We went weekly on our one-year anniversary. We were a bi-weekly. So I would say probably, I would say it's only, would probably only the end of our first year as a weekly when I began to feel like everyone in the community knows. Like I would still run to people from Englewood and other places. And they, they, they barely even knew what, what the Jewish link was. Today, thank God, um, there are, you know, most people know it. It's, it's funny, by the way, Akiva, you're, you're a little young, you grew up with the Jewish link, but there's a whole class of, I'd say, late 20-somethings, people who, let's say, who were turned, let's say, 17, 18, and kind of left the community, they went to Israel, and they're probably, let's say, in their late 20s now, like, who even grew up in this area, but they don't know the paper, meaning, like, they, they weren't really, they were really in it, they, meaning, Meaning you grew up look, looking, you, you knew that you and your friends as a good chance would be in the paper every single week on for something, either schools or sports or, or what have you, you know, so whereas I, I there's like, oh, I call them the lost generation, you know, I, I still meet a 28 or 29, 30 year old kid from you know, young adult from Teaneck, who moved out of the community only now comes back, let's say they're moved here and they they all like, oh, you know, they're like, when did this start? You know, they, they didn't really, they didn't, they weren't really around. However, guys like you who grew up in the community the last six, seven, eight years, you know, to look for themselves, to look for their pictures, look for their, you know, sports stuff, you know, their sports achievements and other things like that. You know, that's, that's been good. So the answer is it took about, I'd say two, two to three years uh, for, for acceptance. And, and then by the way, we did is we, we, we brought it, meaning 
Uh, in year three, we started going to West Orange and Livingston and, and, and Elizabeth and Hillside and, and Springfield. And, and, and let's say three, four years ago, we started now, we started to go to, uh, to Highland Park and Edison. And but we also started in the last four or five years, Passaic Clifton, which is a, a little bit of a different community, but we're still delivering to about 800, 900 households in Passaic Clifton. So it's it really impressive. Well. Well. That, that was your big, uh, your, your big thing in the beginning, right? When you put the kids section in the backs, so that kids would read and the parents would i want to tell you something you're gonna laugh people think i'm crazy we when the school section we do uh we, we probably do 10 pages of schools and sports or or more sometimes and like some of the other papers say well, why do you do that you know I, if you notice i have very relatively few ads on those pages for the most part um and, and i'll tell you something they don't realize that that's actually the glue that's one of the most important sections of the paper uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to shut off the mic or anything like that, but you know the the, sc the school section is so important. Uh, it's 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 so important on many many levels. Number one, it gets the kids look for themselves, and, and and I want you to understand something. When parents see kids looking for things, looking reading a print paper, what, what kids barely reprint today. If they see them looking at it, then the parents are naturally drawn to say, oh, what are my kids reading? Like, I'm just telling you that that is a very, very powerful effect. It also, by the way, the kids section is it's, it, it ties into parents. Every parent in this community knows every single week there's a good when the schools are in session, there's a good chance my kid or my neighbor's kid or my my nephew, niece, grandchild could be in the paper every week. It makes it very, very sticky, it's called. And so, so the schools and sports, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very powerful, uh, you know, I guess it's a very powerful tool. Uh, and and that's, I'm, I'm never going to give that up. That's, it's actually a, it's, it's one of the, what I call the secret sauces uh, of the Jewish link. Oh, very nice. And uh, even though the newspaper comes well formatted and looking nice to everyone's driveway, I assume it's not that easy. So whether it be companies complaining about ad placement, fiery letters to the editor or something else, what are the biggest weekly challenges? Okay, so the biggest weekly challenges are, that's a good question. Um, probably, you know, it, I find that they change for me, but I would say from the weekly per, uh, paper perspective. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, tell you like overall, what's, what's, what bothers me, what keeps me up at night, um, what keeps me from being able to dive in sometimes clearly is, is, you know, how can I be more than a Shabbos paper? Meaning, yes, thank God, you're absolutely right. Paper looks good, thank God. It comes every week, more or less. Uh, even though we have sometimes, let's say we'll have a, we miss corner houses sometimes and some blocks will say they get missed. Uh, but the point is, is how can I be more than just a great Shabbos paper? And so that's something that kind of is like on my mind all the time. Uh, on a weekly basis, things that are challenging for me. Okay, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, often we, we, we make mistakes. It's a human, or it's a human operation. So we'll miss an ad. We'll, we'll put an ad in a place that someone doesn't like. An article will have a quote in it or, uh, you know, or a, uh, you know, or, or I'll have a, like, or it won't, it won't look as good as, as they, as they, as let's say the people, the subjects or the organizations or the author, you know, it's, we, we get complaints, constant complaints. Um, we actually have a file, uh, by the way, because we, the negative complaints generally. Seven to one ratio, right? I, it's pro we think it's probably, yeah, we probably think it's six to eight to one exactly. And we actually love to, we actually file away all the, the positive uh, things we get from people. We try to put them in the paper also if we can get them. But the answer is we definitely get to see a lot more negative. And Thursdays and Fridays, by the way, are days typically when I am responding to issues. 
meaning let's say we, we put the paper together, it's done. And then Thursday, Friday, let's say the ads get sent to uh, the advertisers and so people start reading it. And then the whole, meaning all hell breaks loose, meaning, and it could be, you know, on one week, it could be an article and one week could be two ads. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a, you know, I kind of like, I'll just give you an example. We published an article uh, about a, a kosher program on Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Okay. And I get these calls now from, I get a lawyer, I get a legal letter from a lawyer in Tanzania saying like that I didn't have the right to publish it. I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't even, you know, I'm thinking, is this some kind of Nigerian scam or something like that? Okay. And I research it and I have to respond to it. And I try, then I like, then I have to make a decision. Do we keep the article up? Do I care? Do I, do I, do I worry now my next trip to Tanzania that I could be arrested or, you know, because it was written to me personally, um, you know, do I need a lawyer in, in Tanzania, uh, which obviously I'm not rushing to do, but these are all kinds of things that come up on a, on a weekly basis. Oftentimes let's say we'll forget an article and I'll, I'll have to either my, even me or my editor will call an, an author, let's say on, Wednesday night or Thursday morning saying, oh, we, we're so we're so sorry, we had to hold it over or we had to change it, uh, you know, so and so forth. I would say Thursday and Friday are my fire days, but they're also days where I can, like Tuesdays and Wednesdays are kind of like deadline cycle days, like, uh, you know, I'm really focused on the paper going to print. And, um, and then Thursday, Fridays are kind of like, you know, issues that come out of that week. Maybe we messed up in a story. We, uh, what's nice today online is we're able to, let's say we can change things around. And I want to say one thing nice about our business, even if we make a big mistake, I publish weekly, so I can I can issue a correction. I can make an apology, and you know what? What I also find is, uh, not everyone has this uh, feeling, but I also find is I can make it up to you. Like if it's an advertiser or organization or uh, someone in the community, uh, and I and we we they feel that we didn't do right by them, I can. I have a lot of tools, you know, I can make it up to them in a few weeks, I can do better. And thank God, that's actually one of the nice things about the business, about my business is I get to do a lot of chesed. Uh, I get to help a lot of organizations, I get to help a lot of people. I love walking around the community on Tinek on Shabbos and like, and I'll see, let's say a writer who published his or her first article, an organization that just had a fundraiser and they, they, they you know, we, we, we put the pictures of the event after and, and, and the people who hosted it are happy. And they're, they're telling me how great an event it was, or they're, t they're telling me with, because of the ad, you know, 15, 20 more people came than they thought they were going to have. I love that. And I, I actually, one, to me, it's one of the nicest things uh, about running the Jewish link is, uh, it is, is that, that is very nice. I guess in a similar vein, uh, some articles and ads over the years have drawn criticism to a greater extent than uh, the rest of the articles, whether it be about masks, the role of the rabbinate, scholarship forms or anything else. Do you know these pieces will cause a stir before you put them out? And how do you deal oh, yeah. with the backlash? Absolutely. Um, I, I the you know, I'll tell you as follows. It's um I subscribe to what I call a low flame theory uh, of controversy. Uh, first of all, I, I like putting some of these controversies, things that are controversial. Uh, just a couple, let me state clearly. We have a no lush and horror policy. Okay, I do not allow lush and horror, I do not allow personal attacks in the paper, uh, but I do allow criticism. Uh, I do allow, I, if you'll notice on balance, our paper is mostly positive news. And, you know, it's, 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 we, but we do, we will occasionally report a negative story. I, I don't like to be accused of ignoring scandals. People are not muckrakers. I'm not, I'm not rushing to do stories on these kinds of things. However, I do look for certain types of controversies. What do I mean by controversies? What I, these are what I call the shame shemaim. 
These are what I call broader, external. The role of women in orthodoxy, LGBTQ issues, the, the rise and fall of modern orthodoxy, where, where our community is going, taxes, tuition. Those are issues in which from people, orthodox people can have very serious disagreements on, but they're, you know, as, you know, but they, as long as they keep it civil and not personal, um, I want those kinds of controversies and those debates in the paper. When I started the paper, what I really wanted was I really I would wanted to have point counterpoints. I wanted to have people from the left argue with people from the right and vice versa. And that's never really happened in my dream world. You know, in my mind, um, you know, I wanted to be like our paper, my paper to be like the papers from Europe 200 years ago, where you have the Agudas fighting it out again. <laughs> on paper, civil, you know, a discourse of ideas, you know, fighting with, and again, within a, I'm not putting the left wing, the two left wing, you know, with, within the orthodox tent, so to speak, is where I'm, where I am. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be putting in a progressive rabbi necessarily, you know, arguing with an orthodox rabbi. That those, I, with views within what I call the, the tent that is orthodox Jewry, I, I believe there is room for, dis- for civil disagreements, but I never, I never really achieved it. I never, um, for different reasons, you know, a lot of people were not willing to go out there to, to, to people. It just it, on a certain level, it often became personal. And uh, I never really succeeded in developing like, you know, a strong series of point counterpoint. So my point is, is, is those kind of controversies, bigger, what I call a shame shemaim communal, I'm interested in. Um, and, I, and I do put those in the paper, a fight within a shul over a shul election or a Rebbe gets fired, Rebbe or teacher gets fired at a school and there's a Facebook campaign to rehire them. I, I'm not interested. I'm really not. That's not my that's I'm not. In, well, that's what I call internal. And I'm not interested in those kind of um, stories that they're important for the community, but I'm not interested in publicizing them. I, I don't think there's a value to it. And I, what I've also found is if we ever do publicize those kinds of things, then I lose meaning people will hate me on both sides. Uh, yeah. I'll just share with you right now. We're, we're, we, are, we are intentionally, uh, we, are, we are staying out of the, there's right now, there's a little bit of a fight going on between Bergen Hatzala and TVAC, BVAC. I don't want any part of it. And by the way, you can fault me for it. You may say that, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that's, you know, your, your, your motion, your, your, your job to cover it. I'm, I'm telling you the way I run my paper. I don't, I do not think the community gains. I don't think the link gains. I don't think uh, I gain if if we cover if we delve into too too deeply into these stories. So that's all. You you kind of brushed on it just now, but uh, it, it, when when you have uh, so much content on a number of different topics uh, from a variety of writers, there do, there do seem to be limits as to what approaches the articles cover, both on the left and right, religiously. Uh, how how are the decisions made about what to include, and is there a strict line that uh, cannot be crossed, or is it more of a judgment call? So the answer is, is it's more of a judgment call. My, my editors are all orthodox. They, they run the gamut, you know, more, more for a more right wing, more, a little more left. Um, I, I like to think that I'm kind of in the center of things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just it's, 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 it's judgment calls. But again, we, we only we only have our regular writers. We only have people who are within, you know, within our dollar almost, so to speak. Um, we've rejected, we've rejected people, we've rejected pieces, uh, because I felt like it was not on, we call it on brand, I would not feel, not feel like it fit, you know, particularly within, you know, our reader, we didn't think our readership would, you know, we or our readership, you know, and by the way, we, we and my editors feel that we are, we, we can at least sort of represent a model what our readership wants. You know, I'll just say something funny, I was just speaking to, I, I, we're trying to bring in a serial novel into the paper. I've always wanted, I've always wanted, like, uh, I'm, I read some of the other, the more Haredi publications, Mishpacha and Ami, and they often will have novels. They'll do like a chapter or two every week. Um, and I've always wanted to do that. 
and uh, I was speaking to the I was speaking to the uh, the writer who's a woman you know from a non-orthodox family but now a little more Haredi living in, in Israel and she she what's it called she basically she she said she's happy to be able to, to write for me because she knows there'll be subjects that I'm more open to like for example like uh, you know service in the Israeli army uh, that you know the, the Haredi publications are not going to look at service in the Israeli army too positively obviously for my readership we will and there are other topics things like uh, you know uh, just small things like someone in an Orthodox family, let's say, having a girlfriend or things that, you know, that would be completely inappropriate in a more Haredi paper, but would be a little bit more understandable, acceptable for our paper, uh, you know, that, that we, we, could, we could do. So the answer is, is it's, it's, a, it's a big judgment call. It's a, it's, 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 I would not say guesswork. It's a sense of, you know, who we are, what we are, um, you know, you know what, what I think our community is ma'atim for, I guess the word for is appropriate for, fitting for, and, and yeah, the answer is, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm the final arbiter. So I, I do, you know, there are things I've yanked out and there are things I've, you know, I've said it's okay. There are things, by the way, Akiva, that I've regretted. <laughs> so that's the story. So, uh, you know, there are things that, are, and there are things that I'm very happy with, just the way it works. Okay. And uh, there's so many other questions I wanted to ask, but a uh, time short. So we'll uh, do a recurring segment on the show, which is uh, five rapid fire questions. And then we'll end with the same question that ends every interview. Do you read the Jewish Wing cover to cover every week? Uh, good question. Uh, at this point, probably today, I read about 50% of it, 60% of it. And uh, I, just so you show the way I work is, is I take over the production of the paper uh, at 5.36 on Wednesdays. I never go to meetings. I never go to events. I never do anything. I, I basically take over my paper from like six o'clock on Wednesday night, deadline night. And we usually finish the paper between eight and 10, 10, 11. So that's actually when I ha actually have a chance to read the paper. Uh, I'm also making changes then. Um, I, I, some, some columns, some things I'll, I'll read before, before Wednesday night, but Wednesday night is my time to actually get to know the paper. I would probably say I've scanned probably 80, 90% of the paper. Um, I look at pictures, look to see who's in, who's in the paper, you know, that I, I guess 60, I would say 60, 70%. That's pretty good. What's your favorite section? Uh, favorite section for me has become, I would probably say the, the, the one I spend more time but I would be the, probably the sports and Torah are probably my two favorite sections of my paper. Very nice. And now, I've heard you say that growing up in Queens, you, you were told that people from Teaneck are crazy. Having run a newspaper covering the area for a while now, do you still agree? I don't remember that, that quote. Um, I just, I, I remember thinking that we, you know, New Jersey was different. Uh, you know, not a place that we were, uh, not a place that we were going to, you know, be you know you know living in it just i, I would say crazy no no i, I love team I, I love the community I actually one, one of these days i actually have to write a piece about how how special our community is uh, i know every community feels they're special uh, you know we're not we're not yeshivish per se you know uh, but there's something unique about uh, about our area uh, it's hard to actually put a finger on it uh, today um i like to think i'm pretty well i'm pretty decently connected so but I, there's so much there's a lot of there's a lot of thing i like about our community let's just say i really you know in many ways it's even i think it's even stronger than the community i grew up in in queens which doesn't really exist anymore the, the queens queens community is the queens orthodox community is great but the flavor has changed the Bukharna community has gotten much much more stronger in, in, in the kew garden hills that i grew up and a lot of my friends uh today are, are either in israel or in the five towns okay i think the quote is from a different podcast but uh that you were on what's what's the article from all the years that's been your favorite Ooh, that's a good one um that's I, i'll tell you my happiest moment was when i finally had her by sex in the paper probably i would say the the the, the, the nicest most positive piece we ever had was my 
was one whereby Rothwax donated a kidney. Um, that was that really set off a whole bunch of kidney donations in our paper. And by the way, it's that 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 article has gotten. I don't I don't even know why because usually positive news doesn't get this many. It, that that article has about seventy five thousand views. Okay, which Whoa. is which is like the, a record for any Jewish link article. Um, it must have been shared across the world. Uh, so probably I would say the the most heartfelt. Uh, you know, the, that was one of the articles that kind of felt me that that I felt like you know, hey, we're really you know we're we're really doing something good here with the paper. So that was, I would say it's one of my favorites. And the last rapid fire question is: Is it true that you do not like the name Jewish Link? And if so, <laughs> what would you switch it to if uh, it wouldn't kill the marketing? Yes, the answer is: Is I, I'll tell people I feel like the Jewish Link sounds like a cuter organization. Okay, right. but I'll tell you, I, I searched around; all the other names were taken, and and I learned a very powerful lesson the last few years: is that your name is not that really what you put out week every every week. You know, and today it's not now; it's not even just the weekly, the Shabbos cycle. It's also oh, social media, right. internet as well. Um, and uh, yes, but I, I don't have right now. I'm I'm fine with the Jewish link. But when I first started, I did have some apprehension about. It. Okay, and the last question of every episode is uh, the same, which is, you know, you've been around town and spoken to people who have written articles or have thoughts and articles, and you get so many emails that you spend multiple multiple days replying to. But even though you're being constantly asked questions, there's always questions people are not asked that they wish they were. So looking back at everything you've been asked, what's the question you've never been asked that you wished you were, and what answer would you give to it? Ooh. Good one. Uh, I wasn't ready for that one. That's a question I would have been asked that I wish I was asked. Hmm. I have to, Akiva, I have to think about it, you know, because uh, there, I do get a lot of questions during the day I, or throughout my week. Um, I have to get back. I have to get back to you now. I'm sorry. I'm punting. I hate punting. Usually I'm good. I'm good about these things. Sorry. It's okay. I guess everybody could uh, check out the Jewish link and uh, maybe there'll be a response there eventually. Thank you for uh, coming on. Everybody could uh, go to the Jewish link online to see what's trending or Welcome to your driveway. You live in one of the areas. This is great. Thank you, Akiva. First of all, thank you very much for having me on the on the on the podcast. Uh, continued success to you. Um, I actually wasn't even aware so much that you were doing this until we until we uh, featured. You know, we until you kind of you know brought it to my attention and uh, just uh, you know you know I'm gonna love to help you promote this uh, and and the podcast and uh, and thanks so much and, and and keep hopefully you'll stay you'll stay connected to Jewishland. Thank you for listening to this past episode of the Jewish Moves podcast. To get our latest updates and contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at Jews underscore schmooze. If you want to sponsor an upcoming episode, you can reach out to JewsSchmoozMarketing at gmail.com. And if you give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on, that will be tremendously appreciated. Thank you so much, and hope you're looking forward to the next episode also. Mm-hmm.